Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 through 23. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko and Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes de Mim between Soko and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, while the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield-bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, We will become your subjects, but if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse had said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out, as Jesse had directed. 
He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet, used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Thursday of Easter week, um, the readings I've noticed are kind of bouncing around quite a bit, and there doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason, um, but I will try to make some um, inferences about what the uh, RCL is trying to convey. Um, but the uh, the readings seem to be including some of the main uh, stories that are typically reserved for Sundays, and maybe because the week of Easter is kind of its own, um, you know, major thing, um, and it's also not um, being prescribed chronologically. So in the during Lent and and other seasons, you'll notice that sometimes you'll get a story and it'll follow it for several passages in the same book, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. Um, but there does seem to be some uh, connection with miracles. Um, the apostles are uh, following Christ's um, death and resurrection and performing miracles. And um, this, I think Acts 5 is after Pentecost. I think Pentecost is Acts 2, but I'm not positive. Um, and it's interesting to, if that's true... Um, and I suggest that it is that um, the the RCL uh, compilers are thinking of miracles on on Easter Thursday. Um, it's interesting to read that in light of David and Goliath, and it hasn't really gotten to any yet. I'm not I'm not sure, um, but it's setting the scene for David and Goliath's battle at, in the Valley of Elah, um, and the the scene doesn't contain any overt miraculous events um, it's just kind of describing look they're at war this giant um, Philistine from Gath is like calling them out um, and he does so for 40 days which is supposed to signify a very long time just like 40 uh, years in the desert um, 40 is typically a single generation um, and it's odd because Late in the um, the passage from First Samuel, it says they've been going out every day, assembling their lines. They're quote unquote fighting, but clearly they're not. And people who are familiar with this story know, like the Israelites are kind of afraid of Goliath, um, 
and they don't send him a man clearly for 40 days. And it doesn't seem to be very miraculous. In fact, it doesn't even seem to be quote-unquote battle. Um, uh, archaeologists have, uh, have shown and, and um, historians have shown that in ancient warfare, a lot of it was just posturing. Um, the, you know, humans are animals and animals very rarely engage in interspecies killing. Um, they don't typically kill their own species. Um, when males are fighting, one typically backs off if any real damage is done. Um, they don't typically kill uh, one of their own species. Um, and this shows out in ancient um, fighting and, and battle kind of techniques where they just kind of posture. They, you know, they make advances and um, there's a big show about, you know, who's better. Um, and there will be fighting, actual fighting, like hand-to-hand combat, but a lot more of it was posturing. What we might think of today as diplomacy. And that may be what's going on. Um, that Israel and, and the Philistines are kind of posturing, trying to figure out, okay, who's going to budge first? Who's going to blink? Who's going to, um, you know, who's going to win in this game of chicken? Um, and before any kind of real climax reaches, the story tells us of the youngest son of Jesse, um, who's running supplies between um, the house where Jesse lives and his sons, and the battle lines. And this is a time when, you know, um, war was, uh, I don't want to say domestic, but like there, it wasn't so unusual um, to be this close to battle and to not necessarily be in any danger. Um, and so we hear David going to take food to his brothers and David being expected to bring some word back of how they're doing. And this is how news spreads. Um, and that may or may not be a miraculous thing that they haven't gone to, you know, swords and arrows yet. Um, clearly, that's something that's coming up in the, the um, text from Acts. But it's interesting to try and find the miraculous in this mundane, kind of odd um, practice that we don't know as much about. But I think it's there, and I think if we are looking for miracles, um, we have to be willing to accept that they're mundane and they're kind of boring. They're not always, you know, somebody ra- being raised from the dead. And that may just be the miracle of news that your son is alive. A prayer for Thursday of Easter week from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. 
If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.